Chapter 25 of Dave Dashaway Around the World by Roy Rockwood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Chapter 25 Conclusion The airship boys at once saw that their fellow aviator was in trouble. Our hero made a direct descent. The comet came to a standstill beside the other machine. Its pilot leaped out and approached the group. Dave at once recognized number seven and the young man, Pierce, who ran it. He hailed him in a friendly fashion. Then he turned to the four farmers. A frowsy, obstinate-looking old fellow with a pitchfork was evidently the father of the three stalwart youths armed with shotguns. First, he regarded the newcomers with surprise, and then suspiciously and with dislike. "'Why, what is the trouble here?' inquired the young airman. "'That's the trouble.' growled the old man, pointing to a row of upset beehives and a break in the field fence beyond. "'Do you see that horse over there making for the woods? Oh, "'That's old Snorter, my primest animal. "'This here young feller comes down in his balloon "'and scares the hoss nine to fits.' "'Ran out of gasoline and a bolt out of gear,' "'explained the pilot of number seven. "'You have no right dropping into my yard,' shouted the farmer wrathfully. "'It's trespassing!' "'That's right,' drawled the biggest of his sons. "'I'm a deputy of the sheriff in this county. "'You have violated the law. "'I shall have to take you to Millville to court to answer in an action of willful trespass.' "'Yes.' and I shall insist that you be held in a civil suit for damages, declared another of the sons. Young Pierce cast a hopeless look at his machine and anxiously at Dave. The latter took in the situation at a glance. See here, mister, he said to the old farmer. We are desperately sorry that this has happened. Yeah, sneered the shrewd old schemer. Money talks. How much? demanded our hero, without hesitation. Well, dem bees is a special brood. The hives in the fence ain't much, but there's old Snorter. He may wander away and get lost. He may fall into some of those lime pits beyond the timber and get hurt. Then again, he's so frightened he'll probably run away at least scare after this. One hundred dollars, I told this young man here. But I haven't got it, cried Pierce. I offered to give you an order on Washington, and you won't take it. Not I, retorted the hard-fisted old fellow. Cash down on the nail-head. I ran short at Savannah, explained Pierce to Dave. I fancied I could get through with the twenty dollars I had left, being so near home. Dave took out his pocketbook. The old farmer's eyes glistened as our hero handed him five crisp twenty-dollar banknotes. Now then, Pierce, 
spoke the young airman. That's settled. What's the trouble with your machine? It did not take the expert Dave long to find out. Within half an hour he had the faulty gear sound as ever. The comet had a full supply of gasoline. A transfer of some of it was made to the tanks aboard number seven. The farmer and his sons, fully satisfied now, stood watching operations. Hiram and Elmer hustled about, giving their leader and his fellow aviator all the help they could. Everything is in trim, announced our hero finally. Goodbye and good luck. Pierce held the hand so generously extended by Dave in a tremulous grasp. Tears of gratitude and esteem had rushed to his eyes. Dashaway, he said in a choked, broken voice, you are a man, every inch of you. Number seven went aloft. Dave called, All aboard! Hiram pulled his face at the mean-spirited old trickster who had bled them. Elmer shook his fist at the farmer crowd. "'That's you,' exclaimed Hiram. "'Just fitted Pierce out to beat us, and delayed us besides.' "'Wasn't it the best kind of fair play?' challenged Dave. "'So good,' declared Elmer, "'that I'd almost rather come in second with the big heart you've got "'than think I'd left a fellow airman in the lurch.' "'Well, it's a free-for-all now, I hope,' spoke the anxious Hiram. "'When a fellow is so near the winning post as we are, it makes him selfish, I guess.' "'Yes, you did just right, Dave Dashaway. "'Only, if you see some stray tramp limping along, don't stop to give him a lift.' Within an hour, the advance pilot of the race, number seven, was nowhere in view. Our hero had made a study of this one close rival in the field, as well as repair the machine. He had found out where it was weak, and the comet strong. Barring incident, the young pilot of the comet felt sanguine that his machine would reach the winning post first. The airship boys did some splendid running. They made no stops except for fuel and water. They ate and slept on the wing. Hiram counted the moments and Elmer the miles. At midnight, thirty hours later, they were within two hundred miles of Washington. It was a momentous climax in their earnest young lives. They had circled the globe. They had overcome every obstacle in their path. They had won, the proud pilot of the comet and his eager assistants hoped and believed. With a cheer, husky with emotions, seeming to swell up in his heart like a fountain of joy, Hiram Dobbs arose in the machine as it settled down, almost at the very spot whence it had started. Oh, almost years before, Elmer declared. Dave Dashaway stepped from the machine 
the cares the hardship the worry the doubt of long arduous weeks seemed to fall from him like a garment he gave one vast sigh of relief and satisfaction every eye was at once directed towards the clubhouse some field men came running from the distant hangars say spoke hiram with a queer anxious jerk in his voice the bulletin board his heart sank as he ran towards it elmer followed close on his trail there were notations opposite the various numbers had someone preceded them had someone won the race and then after a single glance hiram threw his cap up in the air his face beaming and elmer grasped his hand delirious with excitement dave coming up found them dancing about as if half mad with joy for the lines on the bulletin board bore only such notations as these number ten abandoned at winnipeg number six wrecked at Cape Nome, number five, abandoned, and others out of commission. There were blanks after number seven and number two. As the airship boys stood there, a man came quickly out upon the veranda which held the bulletin board. He cast an excited glance at the travel-worn comet. He waved his hand gaily at the three young champions. Then, with a piece of chalk, he wrote on the third blank line, Number three, Comet. Pilot, Dashaway. First. A date, an hour, a minute. Even down to the odd seconds followed. The world knew that the airship boys had won the great international prize. There were so many pleasant and rapidly occurring events transpiring close on the heels of the great race around the world that for over two weeks our hero and his loyal comrades had a busy, interesting time of it. Twelve hours after the arrival of the comet, Number seven came into the goal. She was a bird with a broken wing. A patched-up plane told of a last dash under decided disadvantages. "'Don't you crow over me, Mr. Dave Dashaway,' said the energetic young Pierce playfully. "'I win second prize all alone by myself. You three have to divide yours. But better than the international trophy is the big thing you did for me and people are going to know about it too declared pierce and he kept his word mr brackett was very proud of the son who had made good in an exploit calling for more than ordinary ability and grit to our hero he insisted all the credit was due and the young airman realized that he had made strong lifetime friends 
It seemed to the airship boys the very happiest moment of their lives, the day a dainty little miss drove up to the comet hangar, and Miss Edna Dean, with tears of joy and gratitude, and her lovely face fairly glowing, told them what heroes they were. "'My brother is resting with a relative in England,' she narrated. "'Father has gone to bring him home.' if you are a thousand miles away from washington when they return you must promise all three of you to come to the family reunion of which you are surely members as friends and brothers father and brother will have something interesting to say to you we are very very grateful and oh so proud of you it's worth something to find a little sister like that cried hiram as their visitor left them all sunny smiles and happiness something interesting means a right royal reward of course spoke elmer why fellows if we keep on we'll soon have the capital to start an arrow meet all our own it was just a week after that early one morning that the airship boys seated in the aero association club room were hailed joyously by an unexpected visitor why mr hull exclaimed dave greeting the newcomer warmly the shipwrecked mariner looked like a new man he wore a spick-and-span suit and was cleanly shaven he seemed well fed and happy "'Missed you at Rio,' he announced. "'But knew you'd do the square thing. "'Meet a chum who financed me "'and came on to get my keg. "'Which is safe and sound in the storage room here,' "'announced our hero. "'Well, all we've got to do is get it hauled down "'to a chemical works in Washington to get our money. "'Half of it is yours.' observed the old salt say mr hall broke in the irrepressible hiram what in the world is in that keg anyway can't you guess asked the old salt we haven't the least idea unless it's grease grease <laughs> laughed the sailor not much my lad give another guess i don't see what could be worth such a sum of money as you claim returned hiram his face showing how puzzled he was you haven't opened the keg no answered dave promptly it ain't leaked none either not enough to count i am glad of that lads i wouldn't want that stuff to get away from me after all the trouble i had getting it and all the trouble you had carrying it so far. But we are wildly excited to know what it is, cried Hiram. Please, don't keep us waiting any longer. Hiram has made all sorts of wild guesses, laughed Dave. First, he thought you had gold dust, but gold dust isn't greasy. No, it ain't gold dust. Then what? pleaded Hiram. Come out with it, Mr. Hall. Ambergris, promptly replied Jabez Hall. 
found it floating on the water off that island where you met me. I suppose you know it's worth just double pure gold in an ounce, and so rare that the price never goes down. Well, what next? asked Hiram sometime later. I don't know, answered Dave. But many more adventures were in store for our hero, and what some of them were will be related in the next volume of this series to be entitled Dave Dashaway, Air Champion, or Wizard Work in the Clouds. So we leave our young friends for the present, happy, honored, and still ambitious. They had been leaders and heroes in the aviation field. Their efforts had been practical and not reckless. They had shown a new course around the world. They had proven a new possibility in aerial science, and fame and fortune had been the reward of Dave Dashaway and his intrepid airship boys. The End End of Chapter 25 Recording by Scott Daniker, Elizabeth City, North Carolina www.zeppelfart.com End of Dave Dashaway Around the World Or A Young Yankee Aviator Among Many Nations By Weldon J. Cobb Also known as Roy Rockwood